Planet Protein is back, Juice, and they are once again raising the bar in the world of clean nutrition. This time with a brand new organic protein shake that is sure to please everyone, from a defensive lineman to your busy family. In fact, we're enjoying Chocolate Magic right now before we hit the studio with our next guest, and it's delicious. Yeah, Chocolate Magic brings together superfoods from every corner of the globe. Cacao, reishi mushrooms, sprouted quinoa, and chia to fight depression, boost mental cognition, and improve your heart health. Even with that holistic ingredient list, the flavors out of this world. Rich, deep chocolate over an earthy, fulfilling base. The perfect blend to stay on top of your game and do what you do. Hey, that's right, Big Seth. And once again, if our listeners use the code FISHTANK, they will receive 20% off all purchases at planetprotein.com. So definitely use the Fish Tank code at planetprotein.com to take advantage of that amazing deal. And check them out on Instagram as well at planet underscore protein. You're now diving into the Fish Tank. Sitting down with Seth living, OJ, Juice, man, and this is strictly for them true fans, golf fans, number one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, I'm up in that fish tank, Fish Tank Studios, Tuesday, May 7th, Five Reasons Sports Network, in five, wait a minute, four, that's my job, three, go ahead, preach, bring us in. Nah, that's your job. Well, welcome back to the Fish Tank. Seth Levin here on the Five Reasons Sports Network with my main man, OJ McDuffie Juice. What's up, Big Seth? It's a special Tuesday today. Absolutely, bro. It's going to be fun, fun, fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's been a, a heck of a weekend, and today is a birthday for a member of this show. Yes. The one and only. Happy birthday to you. DJ Preach. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Preach. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Happy birthday, Preach. <laughs> Thank you. Juice. So, Juice, you know, I don't know if you get this question. I get it all the time. People are like, who, who the hell is DJ Preach? Right? And, and so what better day than his birthday to answer the question, who is DJ Preach? And the truth is, he's not just some guy that we pulled out of the club. Right. And you know uh, he's, he's he's club before. He he has been in the club Bottle before. Bub, mama. He's uh he's he's spun the ones and twos, not just here, he doesn't just run our board. Right. But DJ Preach is a former Miami Dolphins operations guy. Correct. And not everybody knows that. His uh his alias is Sean Todd. Yeah. And is that an alias? That's his that alias. A, well, it's a, become. It's, it's a government yeah. name. <laughs> that's his government name. He's like Dupe. So he actually has <laughs> Preach on his on his license, just like Dupe <laughs> made the super duper change. But so Preach, seriously, tell everybody that you actually do have a reason that you're on this show besides the fact you can turn the volume up and down um, and occasionally hit the right record button there on, on, on the... Uh, <laughs> on the codec but that you you know you have some history with this team i do and it's uh it's a little different perspective today because normally i just laugh in the background but, <laughs> do a uh, hell of a job <laughs> ed yeah. mcmahon style yeah, yeah, great I, try. Laugh. Yeah. I try i try <laughs> but yeah i yeah for uh a long time grew up in delaware and moved down here to south florida and... i didn't know people grew up in delaware yeah i thought yeah, it was like, actually, like i was place. born there i was actually <laughs> born there but i was gone like <laughs> an actual place uh so obviously it's, it's an actual place yes yeah, first state didn't uh, um, didn't have a lot of exposure to a lot of things when I was in Delaware. So when I, I moved down to South 
South Florida after I graduated from college. To be exposed to literally yeah. everything. everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, from one extreme ex- to the other extreme. A lot of exposure yeah. down here in South Florida. It was a it was an eye-opening experience. I moved down here in, in February of 1994 to um, ultimately pursue my master's degree at St. Thomas University. And um, all roads seem to lead yeah. to St. Thomas yeah. University, Juice. Yeah. Dude, I tell you what. That's where I started. My How are your accommodations? <laughs> Probably the same. You might have my room. I left it. I didn't stay on campus, so uh, <laughs> mine, mine, was mine was just fine. He's got to be a little careful, too. He's got yeah. some special true, ties to true. St. Thomas. Family, yeah, so family. did the, the program there, the sports administration program at St. Thomas University, and part of that, part of completing that degree was a, a mandatory internship, full-time internship. And uh, my background, honestly, and this is a funny story when people ask me how I ended up in football operations for 20 years. I was like, well, I was, my formal training was in theater and television production <laughs> with my communication arts degree. And when I came down to St. Thomas, my my goal was to get a job at a facility like the uh, Broward Center for the Performing Arts. So that was my goal. But um, in having to fill this internship, I felt like I, did, I owed it to myself to not go through the program with these like this laser-focused blinders and expose myself to other things. The opportunity with the Dolphins came up, and I applied for it and got the job. Dave O'Connor hired me. Doc. Uh, Doc O'Connor. Yes. Dave O'Connor, my uh, another St. Thomas alum. Um, I see how that works. He hired me that's, as... That's, uh, that's, what usually, that's how it usually works. I mean, that's yeah. the way it's supposed to work. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Hired me as the facility operations intern, uh, and that's after I had done a year game day internship. In, in 94, the season of 94. So this was for the 95 season? This was the 95 okay, season. the year before I got there. Uh, so I was an intern. It was Don Shula's last season and um, went in there with wide eyes and really zero clue of what goes into to producing <laughs> right. a football team. Because, you know, that was one of the most eye-opening things for me is like not having exposure to it. As I mentioned before, I grew up in Southern, slower, lower Delaware. And uh, I've always been a huge football fan and uh, came down and really had zero context into what it took to put this together. Yeah, shit's not yeah. so fun when you can't turn the TV off exactly at 4 right. o'clock when yeah. the game's right. over. Yeah, so it, it's not that I didn't really, I, I just didn't really give it much thought. You just assume they just show up on Sunday, lace them up, and, right. you know, someone brings a football and you go out there and play. But, you know, the fact that there was, even at that time, 100 full-time people in the facility doing stuff behind the scenes, you know, 20... 25 coaches and again full time around you know the calendar year just working with the singular focus of getting to the Super Bowl it's just really an amazing uh, family dynamic and that's really what I fell in love with uh, in football operations is that real singular goal of uh, that we all shared together so um, did an internship there for a year and then um, got hired on after that so making a huge 18,000 a year <laughs> yeah you go making that a big master's money. degree yeah killing it, was, it. it was, it was pretty nice. State of Florida, no, no, you know, yeah. no taxes. <laughs> no taxes. Yeah. Did they get it? At least <laughs> no state income taxes. No state was income nice taxes. on that eighteen grand. On that 18 yeah, <laughs> you know. But shortly after I was hired, you know, Don Shula retired, and in came Jimmy Johnson, and that really uh, one of the first things that he did when he came in was really change the landscape. You know, that affected us. We Being the operations department. Operations. Right. Actually, okay. at that point, we were facility operations. When he came in, he whatever. I'm, I don't know the background of it. Maybe he met Doc really like Dave. And what he brought to the table, but we became overall operation. So we were not only managed the training camp, the facilities there, but also team travel, which is a huge component. <laughs> Let me talk a little bit about Please. team travel for us, especially because our life is pretty simple as, as athletes, Seth. And Priest and those guys, 
they make it pretty simple for us. They really do. Think about it. All we do, we work out, we practice, we, you know, we, we go to meetings. But there's so much stuff behind the scenes that are taken care of by guys like Priest that people don't even know about. That's when it comes to travel. Every Friday, we're looking at tickets for home games and away games. We're also looking at for travel plans. You know, if we have people coming in town, you know, they have the hotel that are going to be either here or on the road, it's taken care of by guys like Preach. And so when we get there, everything's always taken care of. Everything looks flawless, but I know for a fact that it's not flawless. From the travel, to the, the planes, to the buses, to the hotel, to the, you know, getting back on the planes, the weather, everything that comes into it that we take for granted as players. Preach, you guys are already looking into everything that goes on for either from a home game or a travel game. Tell me how that goes, man, like that. There's so so much that goes into it that as players we took for granted. Right. So one of the big things that I learned at that point is the importance of identifying issues before they became issues. So, you know, one of our goals was to minimize the impact at anything. I mean, shit happens. Right. Stuff comes up. It's going to fuck everything up. You're going to get delayed. There's weather. There's a huge number of things that you mentioned, even more that you didn't. But, you know, our goal was to minimize the impact that that had on the team, on the coaches, on the players. And uh, more often than not, we're able to do that. And that's when we feel like we've done a good job. You know, so planes, trains, automobiles, meals, buses. Meals. Let's talk about yeah. meals for meals. a second. Because, man, one of the things I know, and when Jimmy was around, you know, we got to appreciate this. I think Dave changed it a little bit. But, man. You show up, there's snack tables on every floor. Yeah. <laughs> that was unbelievable. Then you get to go to the team meal and all those things. Who's setting all that up? That's us. That's us. We work obviously when, and it, it was a little different. Every coach likes things a little differently. So, and I, obviously I wasn't involved when, when Don Shula started, you know, his plan <laughs> for the meals, but I was there for the I transition. I bet that evolved too. Yeah. It's so, a lot yeah. of food, man. Well, I'm going to tell you, meals, this is, before you go on, meals, if we weigh in on Friday morning, like I said, I weigh in at 192. By the time I played the game, I was probably like 196, 97, because all we did on road trips Just was eat. eat. It's fucking stupid. It's eat. We get on a plane, you eat. First of all, as a rookie, you had to bring food, so you ate that. There's food on right, the plane. Right, because you guys would bring meals to the plane when there already plane. was food Right, and served. then the plane yeah. would give you food. Yeah. Then you get off the plane, you get food. Yeah. Then you do whatever, walk through whatever, you get food. You have dinner, you get food, and then you head to the room. Snack. And there's more food. Yeah. And a you snack wake up, was unreal. It's unbelievable. You know, I know you mentioned the snack. Well, I know my first trip, you know, it was in 95. I think we were going to Atlanta preseason game. Uh, at that point, we're still flying through. Through, we were through using, the terminal uh, right here yeah, in Fort Lauderdale. I think we were Delta, yep. flying through the terminal yep. pre-9-11. You know, so you get, we got to the plane, and I'd probably already eaten lunch at this point. You didn't miss a meal, I understand. Actually, I <laughs> pa I passed over a couple, but what, my, my, my co-intern, who was Jason Light, who is now the the GM of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> Talk about two different trajectories Jason, and careers there. Huh? Yeah, I appreciate you. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, so, <laughs> That's not right, Seth. <laughs> yeah, well, I would like to point out that Jason didn't skip any of them. So he, you know, he he spent some time in Nebraska, and he he had been in the football culture for a while, so he knew probably a little bit better than I did. But we showed up, and I don't even know who was providing it, but we walk on, and they hand us a sandwich. And it was like a freaking foot long, probably a spot. Who knows what right. it was, where it came from. I'm like, oh, shit, look at the size of this sandwich. <laughs> so I sat down, <laughs> ate the sandwich like it was my last freaking meal. Little <laughs> did I know, uh, we get get up to altitude, <laughs> and the, the attendants start coming around, and they're they're taking our, our dinner orders. It's like, you want the chicken or the steak? Right. And I'm like, 
I, I can't even eat anything. I'll just take a pass. Jason takes the steak. <laughs> and, and I'll take his chicken. Yeah. So we're interns, so we're low man on the totem pole. We're sitting bitch and whatever. In, 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 every in the, every yeah. row. Oh, yeah. Every row. Yo, we're tripled up straight up, especially in preseason when you're traveling <laughs> oh, 105 see. guys. And uh, <laughs> so he brings, it's a freaking filet. With shrimp cocktail and all the, f- and I'm like, my God. Ooh, yeah. And he freaking housed it for a 45 minute flight. And uh, <laughs> I don't recall doing a walkthrough, but we went to the hotel and it's the arrival dinner. Yeah. You sit down and it's like crazy fried chicken, pasta, everything, everything. you can imagine. Everything. You know, anything. Buffet style, too, yeah, man. Buffet. Yeah, man. Take as much as you want. <laughs> yeah. Take as much as you and want. It just keeps coming. Yeah. It just keeps coming. You know, at that time, they were really free with a per diem. So everybody got the per diem. So we would take, you know, all the interns, the guys who were making 500 bucks a month. You know, That's a great point, the per diem part oh, of it. Oh, per diem, yeah. Too. Yeah. So they used to double up back in the day. I think they kind of tightened the reins as time wore on. And it's like, okay, so the per diem is meant, really meant for meal replacement. So if right. we're not providing a meal, you got right. Yeah, you'll get per diem. That right. that tightened up a little bit as we went That's on. What it should be. But yeah. under Shula, it was the wild freaking west. So we had arrival dinner, and again with anything you want. At that point, I was an intern, didn't really have a lot of responsibility until game day. Right. So we just take our per diem, jump on the Marta. And we went to Buckhead because that's the place where you went. Mm-hmm. We went out there back in the back in the hotel. The players are going through meetings, meetings right? All that meetings, stuff, right? We get back in time for snack. A snack at the hotel. Snack Hot is, dogs, hamburgers, cheeseburgers. Yeah, snack's not a bad potato snack. Deli platter, yeah, cookies, yeah. everything, brownies, everything yeah. you want. Yeah, cook, yeah. That was the Shula deal. That changed a little later with, with Jimmy. Ah, there was yeah. plenty of food because yeah. I started with Jimmy and there was plenty of food. No, oh. but they changed it because when Jimmy came in, we moved the snack to the player floors. Right. Gotcha. That's and exactly it would be right. the cheesesteak station. That's exactly right. Cheesesteak station. Yeah. Really? That's right. That's right. <laughs> and freaking her- boxes of Hershey bars. And that's not right for a lineman. Male and female. Man. That was nuts not no right nuts. for the lineman. That was not right for the lineman that barely made weight on Friday. That guy should not go now. to bed hungry, man. <laughs> yeah. You gotta go out and maul some people the next day. Yeah. But he wakes up and eats well the next morning as well. Uh, uh, yeah, the breakfast. The whole thing was bananas. It's yeah. a no, ton don't of food. let it be a, a night game the next day, too. It was a night game. Yeah. It's preseason. Preseason. It's a Saturday night game. You got two meals coming. You get the you get the breakfast, which I don't think we went to. That was optional, but, right? Yeah. Now was uh, it at that moment you said I'm not going to get optional. in the theater? <laughs> I like this football stuff. <laughs> My God, I was like, I'm going to be three. At this point, I would like to point out. At this point, I was like 170 pounds. I got a picture. I got to show you before this is over, too. I'm a smid. I'm pretty sure it's going to get posted wherever we put this. This picture but has. to I'm get a smidge posted. over 170. You now. and I need to do it before and after. We got. <laughs> yeah, neither neither of us are going to fit into those. Are, are you guys blaming the Dolphins travel? No, no, just the, the football, football culture. No. culture you know, you're feeding these. No, I was skinny when I worked for the Dolphins. Yeah, you got these uh, world class athletes, and you're trying to eat like them. But you're not trying to work like them. Right. You know, in terms of workouts, workouts and, and yeah. exercise. and You didn't get weighed in stuff. on Fridays. You didn't have to worry about all that. Nope. Right. If I did, it might you be still, a little different. Yeah, you might get but fine. You, you take the fine, bro. I definitely enjoyed that food. Yeah. Hey, Juice, the only thing better than looking clean is looking clean on your own time. No doubt about it, Big Seth. And that's why I always call my man Ara at A&T Dry Cleaners anytime I need my clothes laundered or dry cleaned. Tell him exactly why you call Ara. Because A&T offers free pickup and delivery at your home or office, so you've never had the inconvenience of trying to find time to take your dry cleaning somewhere. They bring it to you. That's exactly right, Juice. You can walk into their Fort Lauderdale location, but A&T serves Miami-Dade, Broward, and the Southern Palm Beaches with their convenient pickup 
pickup and delivery services, which also include alterations, shoe repair, and more. And A&T is family-owned company, and they've been in business since 1980. 1980. Yeah, and you know what? That means customer service is their priority. So call Ara today at 954-610-9383. That's his personal cell we're giving you. Or you can visit drycleanertoyou.com to start making your life and your dry cleaning a lot easier. And make sure you tell them that the fish tank sent you because Ara, my man, is giving our listeners 50% off your first order. How much? 50. Half, Seth. Half. And 25% off any dry cleaning services after that. A&T Dry Cleaning, the official dry cleaners of the fish tank. So you, you mentioned planes, trains, automobiles, and, and buses. So, Juice, my first year was 96, right? And so Preach now is he, – he's the vet. You know, I, I find the younger guy that I can connect with, and, and Preach and I connected pretty quickly. And I didn't start traveling till really midway through that season. I wasn't – as an intern, I wasn't supposed to be traveling. And then Craig Heil, who just retired from the Dolphins, who was the sideline guy or, or the spotter sometimes on the road, he got an ear infection. We played in Oakland, and, and so I went out there and kind of spent the rest of my career traveling with the team. But as you know, I don't know if you were an early bus or a late bus guy, but there are four buses, and there would be right. two buses that would leave early, head over to the you – know, so how early would it be, Parisha? Wow, I think uh, – I want to say the early bus would get there four hours Four hours prior, prior to kickoff. And, and then, then there was a three-hour. The three-hour, right? And so, Arrival. And so Coach Johnson and and guys who really had their routine, like the early bus, and I think rookies were like forced to go on the early bus. There were certain folks that – like the coach, or if they want to get their ankles taped, if they ah, want to get their ankles taped, they better get on that first bus because otherwise veterans, they're waiting. Veterans will trump you. You could be on there with half an ankle tape, and Marino or anybody, any veteran comes in there, they can kick you off the training yeah. table. So if you want to get your ankles taped, be on the early bus. So certain guys would be on the early bus. And then I know the specialists would always go over on the early bus to get the whole the weather and this and that and the turf and which way is the wind and all the little quirky stuff that they do or make you think they're doing. Right. And so and, and Westoff, Mike Westoff, who was uh, you know legendary special teams coach in this league, you've talked about him a lot. I love it. it still it, is, isn't he? Love uh, it. He is He's still still, still coaching. It's, crazy, it's amazing. Man. So coaching Ma- and advising. Yeah. Mike would get his guys there early, and uh, as uh, has also been discussed on this show, is that. You know, Jimmy time, if you're five minutes early, you're late. So my role, you know, Harvey and Neil, they would go over on the early bus four hours early and get that press box food since we're talking about food and, and do <laughs> and they'd have their responsibilities, but they'd want to sit there and, and, and shake hands and find all the guys in the league. So I would hang out with the late group. And and so that was where Preach and I would would hang out. Well, we <laughs> we come to the bus and but we'd be there because we'd send off the early bus. Yeah. Right. So we'd send off the early bus, and then I'd kind of go back upstairs and gather up all my stuff and then come back down. <laughs> well, we're there, and it's about a quarter to 10 maybe. I think the, the early bus was supposed to leave at 10 o'clock. It's a quarter to 10. And Mike comes <laughs> – quarter to 10, Jimmy's like, let's just fucking go. Boom, buses roll out. Well, about three minutes later, Mike comes strolling down thinking he's almost 10 minutes early to the bus, and there's no fucking buses. You remember this? Yeah. Yeah. And Mike looks, <laughs> he looks at Sean. He's like, well, where are the fucking buses? Where they're not here yet? <laughs> He's like, Coach, I'm sorry, but they're gone. Yeah, it ha- you know it was it happened all the time. We had players miss, and it, a lot of times it's not a quick little jaunt from uh, from from the hotel to the stadium. I know one of Jimmy's goals when he came in is he wanted to always when we're on the road he wanted to go to a place even at home. Oftentimes we want to go a place where he can minimize distraction. 
It was a huge thing. Right. It's it's a business trip for us. You know, the other sports they get in. I don't know a bunch of those guys. Right. Don't they go touch. out. They go they party. They don't even go it. in the hotel. Right. They, their bus pulls up to the curb. They jump on a. They call it taxi cab or now Uber whatever. Taxi cab. Yeah, what, Uber whatever. <laughs> they still have taxi cabs. <laughs> yeah, they do. A lot of these cities, the big cities, <laughs> the baseball teams, basketball teams go to. Yeah, I imagine they do. Uh, but uh, they stay in those downtown properties. But. You know, they don't even go in. Here, it's cab. like extremely structured. People don't get it. Yeah. It's like, wow, it must be really cool to travel with a team. It's like, it ain't that sexy. Right. You know, you go from the airport to the stadium, maybe, probably not even anymore. I don't think many teams do walkthroughs. Right. Well, Westhoff was trying to get to yeah. the stadium, and yeah. he showed up there, and there was no bus, and he was fucking livid. And so Sean is trying. Well, and so basically, he blamed Sean for letting Coach Johnson take the buses <laughs> early. Because you know, he wasn't going to call Jimmy and chew his ass. So we got to give, give it to Sean. So there's the Sean priest. standing there. I, Coach wanted to go. Fucking 10 o'clock bus. The bus is supposed to leave at 10 o'clock. I mean, what the hell? Where's the bus? The bus, I'm here. It's 10 o'clock. Coach, he, he took the buses. It's the early bus. Right. So he sat on, he got on that bus and sat there for an hour and 10 minutes and mean mugged Preach the entire time yeah. in the first seat on yeah. the bus. Yeah. Yeah, it, was, you know, it, it happens. It happens. It was a little awkward. We had, we had I was like, hey, I'm going to go check on Zach. You know, you know, KO, KO would be with the early bus. And he'd right. go over and he'd have the, training stuff. He'd have the, the list right. that we'd prepare as ops guys. He'd have the, the travel list and he'd be crossing off names. And, our, and our, he, when he left with the early bus, he'd hand us the list of everyone that got crossed off in the first. We'd have to go find round. whoever's missing. Yeah. Right. Make and the if phone it calls. came close, we were, we we're, you know, we're at the front desk. We're at the, you know, courtesy phone in the lobby making phone calls. How, how many calls do you have to make like that, Priest? Like, you know, letting guys know, like, look. Oh, I knocked on and some sometimes, doors. And yeah. sometimes guys, like you said, will jump in, in the taxi cab. Yeah. <laughs> they might not have gotten on the bus, or they might have gotten missed in that crossing off the listing. Some guys do that, but how many phone calls do you have to make to rooms to get guys up so they're asked first with me late, get fined, miss yeah. whatever? Fewer and fewer as people got more and more acquainted. I remember right. always making yeah. a couple, and Talk I would help him out because I really had, at that point, I had no responsibilities. Right. To like, I mean, I had responsibilities prior to that moment. And then once I got to the stadium, but in that moment, it was, let me just help Sean and, and gather these guys up. Kind of going back to what he said, the more you can do to eliminate distractions. So he would watch the bus or I would, and I'd run up to rooms. And I think and, it's amazing. People don't get that part. They no think, clue. They think, all they see is one Turn the TV on. All they see is one o'clock kickoff. That's it. You know yeah. what I mean? Four o'clock kickoff or, or a night game, Thursday or Sunday or Monday night kickoff. But there's a lot of times that shit happens where any player, key players are late to the fucking bus. Yeah. Oh, we woke some guys up There's now. So much stuff where they're like still sleep. Yeah, it's and those pregame meals. What was it? Four hours, five yeah. hours prior, five hours prior to kickoff. Yes. You know, West Coast. That shit's that shit comes early. It does. It comes early. It was West Coast trips yeah. were wild. Yeah. You know, JT was always a late bus guy. He wasn't big on the whole. You know, he doesn't like idle time. Right. And the one going to sit there and love, stare at everybody. Love it. Yeah, I love so that. He liked that late bus, and so you know, I'd always have to go up and be like, "I'm, I'm on my way. I'm on my way." You know, you call his room or whatever, mm -hmm. and he's kind of like incredulous, like, "What do you mean you're calling?" I'm like, you know, I'm going to be down there 30 seconds before that See, bus rolls most out. Most of the time, it's mandatory two hours for kickoff. For everybody, you got to be there two hours for a kickoff. So on the bus, on the road, it's easier because that bus is timed out to be two hours. Home trip, you might be at the, the hotel or at home, and you got to time it out yourself. You're getting yourself there. I, I'm like JT, though, Seth. I want to be there right when I have to be there because I don't want to sit there fucking around. I just want to get you had up. I want to get yeah. dressed. I want to get taped, get dressed, get on the field. I want to kick it off. Now, did that change when you had those Monday night games? 
Yeah, like, same thing. I wanted Monday the same night thing. Monday night games just straight bullshit when you're on the road. Yeah, it was tough. And the all hotel, day. all day in the hotel was tough. At least tough. Sunday night With game, no football to watch Sunday either. Night, <laughs> Nothing. Sunday night game. You Young got and the Restless was on. <laughs> and Jimmy did bring the TVs into the meal room, yeah. if you remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, was a, that was a welcome yeah. addition. Yeah. Especially when we're out west and you got the early games on. Yeah. Hated yeah. You, you're talking about that that west off bus story. I, I remember another time where I think, you know, there's a storm brewing in, in our area. <laughs> yeah. And we had a, we had a, I think we had to land like on the west coast of Florida uh, with, with Coach Johnson. It, it was, it was, it was a long trip back. First of all, then we had to endure a long bus ride. Tell us about that, yeah, please. Yeah, so it was an interesting trip. We were, uh, I think it was week one in 1999. I, I never remember the hurricane names, but I think it was Floyd. I think it was Hurricane Floyd. Was he was an down. asshole, wasn't he? Yeah, that fucking guy. <laughs> but it was funny because it's actually well, he was an asshole because we thought he was coming to us. Yeah, we thought he ended up going up the coast. But uh, it's it's one of those like things right where you know, again, being the operations person, you really have to stay a couple steps ahead of everything going on. Like so, we were in Denver, right? We were headed to Denver. We knew the storm was brewing out, and we played for pretty well. You know, we, it's a Monday night game. They might have come off a Super Bowl, I believe. I remember, Bowl, that, I believe. Game. I yeah. remember that. I think Lamar Thomas had a big game. No, yeah. no, that was on the road game. We had we had six receivers that game because the altitude was ridiculous. That was a Monday night game? Yeah, Monday night game. I yeah. feel like this was Rob Conrad's first yeah. year, the yeah. year we had Cecil yeah, and Rob. And Rob I want to say, yeah, I think so. Uh, Brian Greasy relative, was Brian Greasy relatively early, and I think we kicked the shit out of him. And uh, I just remember really, like, Four or five times from the time we arrived in Denver, you know, meeting with Dave O'Connor, our director of operations at that time, Brian Weedmeyer, who was our vice president of administration. Great man. Uh, yeah, great. So we would have these side meetings. You know, we look at the weather. We're trying to figure out what the hell we're going to do, you know, because we got once this game's over, we got a hurricane bearing down. We got to figure out, you know, are we going to stay an extra day or what are we going to do? Are we going to be able to get back in? So ultimately, we decide to fly home after the game as scheduled. You know, hopefully get into South Florida, land in Fort Lauderdale, get everybody home safe and sound uh, prior to the storm hitting. I, I just remember, you know, I think Champ from Hooters was there. I remember seeing him in the post game family area where the players were. Oh, oh wait, before before we land this plane, let, let's let's dial it back for a second. So we had just beat the Broncos thirty eight to twenty one. I'm I'm looking it up now. And uh, again, I, I want to say, I don't know if they were coming off a Super Bowl victory, but they were supposed to be one of those teams. And we went up there and had all these young running backs. It was Conrad's first year. Now that I'm looking at, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar scored on a touchdown. Conrad caught a pass from a touchdown. JT had a fumble return for a touchdown. So Jimmy was feeling good. And, and Juice, as you know, if we won a game, well, he always, one way or another, if you walk by bus one after a game, he had a Heineken in his hand. <laughs> right. But if we won the game, he might have had more than one Heineken in his hand. And he was feeling good good and his chest was out and everybody felt good because that you know you felt the highs and the lows with jimmy and we're on that plane and jimmy did not want to land anywhere (laughs) but fort lauderdale he wanted to get home he wanted to get home he wanted to be jimmy johnson i just kicked the shit out of the broncos and and i you know preach i don't know if you were up there i know doc was but i feel like he went into the cockpit and told the pilot land this fucking plane in fort lauderdale I wasn't up front, but I was there when he came back and delivered his ultimate decision. Yeah, his, yeah. He, he, he. yeah so Juice, he went in the cockpit, and the pilot, to his credit, said, 
the fuck out of my body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm flying a plane. And and here's the I deal. I don't tell you how to call the plays. That's it. Don't tell me how to fly this fucking Especially plane. Especially not when I got 100 people on right. here whose lives I'm responsible for. And I'm going to land this fucking plane where I'm supposed to land it. And it's going to be in Fort Myers yeah. or wherever the hell we were going to land. So Jimmy turns around and he's feeling really good. And now he's fucking pissed. And he walked up and down the aisles. And that's where all the media sat right at right the, front the front of, of Coach. Coach, yeah. And he, not in front of Coach Johnson, but in the front, in front of, front of, of Coach, Coach class. class. Right? <laughs> Just for clarification for those who, you know, who travel first class Nobody and don't even know what Coach is. Nobody sits in front of Coach. That's it. That's it. Johnson. And so, exactly. And he told every one of them, he said, get your pens out and you can print this. I will never fly American Airlines again. I will never fly. And he was, and I just saw Doc, the look on Doc's face because they're our fucking charter partner for the rest of the season. Like, what do you mean you're right, not going to yeah. fly? Like, what are we going to do here? Right. So, and and they took us to Fort Fort Myers. Fort Myers, yeah, it was. It came the uh, responsible thing to do. Well, it wasn't really responsible. It's the only thing to do. They had. That's what I'm saying. They that's had shut good. down Fort Lauderdale right. Airport. There wasn't an option that right. we could land in Fort Lauderdale. But no, that's a five-hour flight, four-hour flight from what, Denver. Yeah, Ch- time change. You lose know, a couple hours. That's a brutal flight, and so you get back at the wee hours of the morning, and like, then, like we do all the time. Yeah, but not well on those those West Coast road trips, though, yeah. man. And then, but we also landed for so Lauderdale. Monday night, yeah. Monday, Monday so we, night, yes. Tuesday morning. Yeah. And we're there. And it's what it is. And now, you, now you're faced with a two-hour bus ride. Right. It sucked. It sucked. Right. So, you know, we're just dealing with it as best we can. The, the buses pull up. Equipment truck pulls up. We start, you know, our normal transition. Guys, our guys are jumping on the buses. They're all pissed off, and I don't blame <laughs> them. And, uh, you know, equipment guys are humping the. Guys, well, first of all, the guys are always pissed off. You, you could you could have landed at their house. Yeah. And that's a fair point. I asked no, you know, athletes are assholes. Yeah, I I, I couldn't I mean, agree. A few of them. Especially yeah. the guys that lost the card game. Correct. Oh yeah. yeah, if you lost in between on the way, you, the, first of all, in between might have continued on the on the bus, bus ride, ride over. I'm yeah, sure so, it did. But on the plane ride, it's sore. I know yeah. my ass slept in, on in that between, bus ride. Home. On, after a win, it starts immediately. So there's some guys that lost yeah. their ass on that 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 ride home. Sure. Yeah. So we start doing the deal. Dave O'Connor, as mentioned, my boss, he said, hey, you know, don't jump on the bus. Just stay over here. You know, stay behind the, the landing gear. You know, just stay out of sight. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? You know, I'm trying to figure out what we're doing. And uh, there's a couple guys milling around and, you know, the buses start pull away. I'm like, am I riding in the equipment truck? Sucking Fort right Myers now, now like, buddy. I guess, I guess I'm low man. I'm helping equipment guys. And um, they buses pull away. Right after that, here comes the Hooters RV. Down the stairs comes Dan Marino, Damon Heward. I, I want to say Gogan, Kevin Gogan, big offensive line. Yep, and there was yep. a couple other guys. I don't remember right, who they were. Right. They all jumped. They. This is a plan that they've had hatched. I guess since I saw. Since so, I so, saw. So did Danny get the plane to land in Fort Myers? Because Danny's had a lot of pool. No, I maybe he's maybe got a lot Danny. Of pool. Maybe I'm Danny sure decided. it wasn't. I'm sure it wasn't uh, <laughs> planned that way. But I, the fact I think I, I'm pretty sure Hooters is was champion last yeah, and those yeah, guys, yeah, great they, guys, yep. started in Fort Myers, right? Yep. So it's like their home base. They send us a, the RV, get us home. <laughs> so I ride home with Dan Marino, Dave O'Connor, Damon Heward, Kevin Gogan, and again I, I'm pretty sure there's a couple other guys. Equipment guys are in the in the back bedroom. You know they're sleeping because. They never get the break. Right. You know, they go back and they've got to do equipment and laundry and get. So they were on the Hooters bus. As they well. were on okay. the on the RV as well. And uh, you know, we start heading heading home. Damn, Marino. <laughs> so on, on that trip home, like, was it like a, a party? Was it the drinks? There was one case of warm beer. 
<laughs> in like a sink, like cool. So they, area. they weren't ready for this. They just happened. And just that, threw it together. It's right. Like, it was hey, impromptu. So yeah. of course they. Didn't but have it wasn't like, like the bus done. we were on. Right, right. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> Danny. Danny obviously didn't want to sit on a bus, and he wanted to chill, and probably wanted to drink. Right. And, you know, and we did so. So we pulled into one of these, uh, uh, I guess, on 75 Alligator Alley before we really get into the remote area. Pull into this truck station, gas station, quick stop. And Tony Eggways at this point, he hasn't shut it down yet. But he's like, oh, Danny, I got it. I got it. He grabs the beer and starts to take his, no, Dan. Dan says, no, I got it. He goes in. He's wearing like he, he was just on national television beating the shit out of the Denver Broncos. Well, he's Dan Marino. A few hours yeah. before, right? He's wearing his tie dye T shirt, his Jesus cleats, you know, post game <laughs> yep. attire. Yeah. And he walks in with a warm case of beer on his shoulder, back to the back cooler, and we can all see from the window. And he just says, "Hey, yo, bro, I'm gonna swap this out for a cold case." <laughs> and puts it in the cooler, grabs a cold, and just walks out. Comes on, so now we got a cold case of beer. <laughs> And we had He south. just changed up the inventory. Hey. Changed he just, up, yeah. <laughs> hey. Swap it out. Even swap. Even swap. Yeah. So good. Yeah, case for case. I would have loved to see the look on the face of whoever was uh, running. Yeah, the, he probably was the clerk. Though, he probably didn't say a word. It's Marino. Yeah. Is, like, is this Marino? real? Is it Marino? In <laughs> Fort Myers. Yeah. It's like, I was just like, watching him. He probably tells that story every exactly day. Right. And they're like, fuck you, man. Yeah, Seriously. No Fort Myers? <laughs> the fuck? That doesn't make any now, sense. Now it's been verified. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That is classic. Well, my experience on that trip wasn't quite the same, I could tell you, and nor should it have been, because fuck, he's Dan Marino, but I just remember that long-ass ride, doing the work that we needed to do for as PR guys, trying to get some sleep, and then pulling up to our car for the most beautiful day in South Florida history. <laughs> it was, I'm talking yeah. not a cloud in the sky, not, I mean, nice cool breeze, sunshine, oh man, guys were heated. Yeah. It was, Guys were it heated. It was nice. Uh, I, Beautiful I just day. remember going to the facility, feeling pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was a little, little tipsy. The, the Hooters bus pulled into the facility? No. Well? Okay. Right. Hooters bus, remember at that time, all the cars Took were you at back the, to the airport. Signature. airport. You had to go to Signature Grand. Got you. Not, not Signature, signature Grand, signature, but Signature <laughs> Flight Support. Whatever. whatever I, I guess. Yeah. They took you to another yeah. party, huh? Yeah. Over at the Grand. Yeah. So we drive back to the facility, and you know, as, you know, facility operations side, you know, we had to go around and make sure everything was set. Great. And, you know, checking the the fuel and the generators and all those things, and uh, yeah, it was beautiful. It was nice. a pretty nice day. <laughs> nice, nice. It was a, pretty nice, it was a nice day, and guy, yeah, it was. Coach Johnson just looked like he was. He just wasn't happy. <laughs> And speaking he, of coach, is he ever happy though? Um, well, you know, it all depends yeah, right. on where you're at. With that's a whole different. That's a whole different deal. So speaking of Coach Johnson, and, and Sean, you know, you and I had similar experiences in the sense that we kind of came up as young guys in the league, our first experience in football. And Jimmy, you know, from I know your perspective is very different at, at having been a I player. Think, hey. No, well, I'm just saying, just as a player, it's a different deal, and I and I get all that. But for us. We're young guys, and, you know, you kind of speak when you're spoken to, but Jimmy wasn't, you know, Jimmy did his own thing, but he also, every now and then, he did something that made you really feel like you were part of it. And uh, <laughs> this is one of my favorite stories. So, Preach, why don't you tell us about the time that you got a real special gift from Coach? Yeah, it was, uh, it, was it started <laughs> off a little worrisome, I'll be honest with you. I was walking past his, uh, his office, headed down to it, the kitchen, the, the staff meal room. See, I wouldn't walk past the office yeah. unless I was called over yeah. there. I would always walk so around the other yeah. way. Different, the I, long know, route. Facility-wise, I guess I, I guess I had a little more 
reason to be over that way. Yeah, it wasn't about not having a reason. It was yeah. just a void, you yeah. know, just, just didn't want to run into something <laughs> yeah. I didn't need. So I walk past it. His door's open. Ann's out front. You know, his door's open. He's sitting at his desk. And I walk past. And we had just gotten beaten by Buffalo on Sunday. And as much as Jimmy loved beating Buffalo, to that extent, he hated losing to Buffalo. As he should have. Yeah. So, you know, he I walk past his office, and he goes, Hey, Sean, come in here for a minute. And I was like, oh, <laughs> That's damn. why I don't walk past there. Son of a gun. I walk in there and say, Hey, coach, what's going on? He's like, Sean, you look like you can use a watch. <laughs> I'm like, what? And he's looked down, and he goes, Well, you know, that's you got a nice one. I didn't. It was like a little <laughs> shitty fossil or something. I don't know what it was. And uh, he goes, yeah, you you look like you use a watch. And he pulls out this beautiful box. It's like a st- green stained, aqua stained uh, wooden box with this wonder- beautiful, I think it was a quarterback club NFL dolphin logo face beautiful watch yeah i mean it had to be a four or five hundred dollar watch i'd imagine it was at least unbelievable and i was like wow i was like this is like really cool like don shula didn't know who i was didn't give a shit and i got this watch from jimmy johnson jimmy johnson it's the freak and i felt like the most special person in the world yeah and it was and, and i think that was kind of his way for us i mean he knew that we were doing a lot for a little and um you know, it was really cool to to get that from him. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, Juice. So, so meanwhile, I had a similar experience, and not to cut Preach off, but it, you know, it's all this is like changing. What is that? Or sliding doors, or whatever. It all kind of interconnects. So, you know, I wouldn't walk past Coach's office, but I would walk around the other way through the double doors, and I had to go down. And I think at that time, Randy Shannon might have been the uh, quality control guy, and I would get the tackles from him. And I always, as as Wale has told you, I would I would get those tackles <laughs> and, tackle, and, and, and deal with the defensive that, yeah, sat, stats. And uh, I think Coach was just coming back from Bob Ackles' office, and so we like were passing, and you know. I just get all the way over to my right side and I always say, good morning, coach. And, you know, and just be respectful and keep it moving, not trying to start a conversation. And he was feeling good at this time. And he passed by and he said, hey, Seth. Uh, <laughs> yes, sir. Here, come here. Come here. Come here. And I'm like, oh, OK, come on. And and he like he's he doesn't even wait for me. He just goes and I start following him and he's like bopping around and he goes, come on in. And he same thing as preaching experience. He goes here. He goes do you have a watch? And I didn't wear a watch at that time. I go, no, I don't have one. He goes, well, then you need one. And the same thing, he pulls out this box. It's this beautiful green. Basically, he gave all the schlep rocks in the building. He found the three lowest guys on the totem pole and said, here, I've got this watch and made me feel like a million bucks. So I run over to preach. Hey, man, guess what I got? And he's like... Oh yeah, yeah well, hey, he's got the same fucking watch, <laughs> and so we said, "But you know what? Hey, the younger guys, we're we're getting we're getting our just due. This is our moment in the sun." And then we found the third guy who had one. Yeah, we sure did. Who's the third guy? Jimmy fucking car wash. <laughs> Get out of here! Yeah, the three of us. <laughs> Come on. Jimmy, so, so it was me, Preach, and, and Jimmy, Jimmy car wash. <laughs> we all got the watch. I went down there because I had to go get somebody's keys, and fucking Jimmy was wearing the same watch, washing the cars. I was like, "Hey, Jimmy, that's a nice watch, man." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Coach Johnson gave it to me. <laughs> yeah, we had made the big time, sir. He's probably making more than both of us. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Between holidays and and tips, <laughs> it's a true story. Jimmy Carl. So it really, I mean. You guys still have the watches? I have probably do somewhere. Well, I would so have it, but my house got broken into, and that they took my watches. Took the Jimmy Carl watches. When me and Charlie were living together, yeah. I got so, him back a little bit. 
I got him back. Yeah, who back? Jimmy Car Wash. So why get him back? Like, well, I don't know. It's not really. So we're sitting in Dallas. It's Thanksgiving Day. Thanksgiving Day. I'm sitting for some reason. I'm sitting there in the meal room, probably after pregame meal, and it's me. Probably follow Leo, Ko, Dave O'Connor, whatever. And a courier comes in. They're carrying this photo tube, and on the, on the photo tube, it's got the label. Uh, to Jimmy Johnson from the Dallas Cowboys, got the photographer from the photographer to Jimmy. Open it up. It is a poster from the Super Bowl autographed to Jimmy Johnson from Troy Aikman. It's like personalized to Jimmy Johnson, you know, to Jimmy. Thanks for all your help. Kind of thing. Beautiful poster. Right. And Jimmy's like, I, I, I don't <laughs> let's take it back and give that, it to that Jimmy. Was a, that was a good Jimmy right there. Let's take it back and give it to Jimmy. He wanted to give it to Jimmy, Jimmy Carwash because his name is Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> yeah. So I took it back, but I didn't give it to Jimmy Johnson Carwash. Well, so what Jimmy has it? This Jimmy. It's sitting in a closet. Jimmy Priest. Jimmy Priest. Jimmy Priest. Oh, man. Jimmy Priest holding You better hope there. he's not listening to this podcast. He's going to come looking for your ass. What's he going to wreck my car? Ooh, if you give him the keys, yeah. if you give him the keys, but yeah, that was a special moment, man. Funny, I, I, man. I, it Good was stuff, man. talk about the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat all at once. That is too funny. Man. Yeah, just when you thought that you had made it, then you realize exactly <laughs> who you are, and it's important to know who you are. So, speaking of knowing who you are, another one of my favorite priest stories. And we talked about Brian Weedmeyer, who, uh, you know, may he rest in peace. Really a guy who, talk about somebody that worked his way up the Dolphins organization, understood every piece of what it took to run a football team, literally started as a, as a water boy, a towel boy, and, and ultimately became team president. And uh, and Brian was, well, at that point in time, Eddie Jones yeah. was the team president, yeah. another amazing, amazing yeah. man. But Brian was the get it done. He, he what was, he was a vice president of administration. I don't even I remember what so the title was. Point, yeah. But he basically ran the operations, and Eddie handed the kind of the po- political piece of it, and he was a spokesperson for the yeah. team. But Brian was the guy that you feared if you were an employee there and yeah. you you know that was the voice there was on the football side it was jimmy and on the business side it was brian and as an operations guy i know you had to interface with brian yeah, quite a few times i had to answer to both yeah um so i kind of correlated ko on the on the football side because that's who i interfaced with more often than not brian Especially after Doc, Kale, Kale, the trainer, you had Kevin to do O'Neal, it. yeah, on the football side, and then well, uh, why was that? Uh, just it's just dual reporting lines, you know. Once we took over, but I mean, why was it the trainer? Like, what, I mean, so obviously Kevin had more responsibility right. than just being the trainer. Obviously, Jimmy, you know, he was fine reaching out directly to me. Didn't happen very often, but I think Ko was kind of his guy from the football side. You know, t- talking about. Uh, rooming lists and itineraries and those type of things that I handle from the football side. And he kind of drove the train. He was the guy that was responsible for me having my first cell phone, uh, you know, when I KO was, was, KO was. Yeah. So, uh, I think we're in Pittsburgh and he asked me to call somebody and I said, I, you know, I'll, I'll run in and he goes, you don't have a cell phone. I was like, no. So I guess so, next so week- KO really KO and Jimmy worked nonstop with each other with everything. Yeah. So it kind of came down through Jimmy KO handled the football side. And then on the administrative side, you know, facility operations, those types of things, anything with ownership uh, came down through, through Brian. So we got a phone call from David Evans, who at the time was the director of marketing. Dave Evans. And uh, also the folk uh, the marketing 
prior to Jimmy coming in, marketing used to handle all the team travel. So they completely, <laughs> so crazy. They completely understand the dynamic of everything, obviously, because they've handled it for years. So I get a phone call. And now, keep in mind, I am pretty early on in my experience here. And again, not exposed to a lot in Delaware, so I'm learning a lot. I'm young. you got to stop falling back on that Delaware thing, man. You know, well, it, it's, a, it's a thing. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. You get sheltered there. It's a real thing. Uh, it's a real thing. So uh, yeah, I don't know if it applies here, but go ahead. So like previous previous weeks, I got a lecture from Brian about tickets. You know, it was like, I don't care what happens when you fly into a city, you've got to have this many player-type tickets, this many owner-type tickets. Player type tickets are the the lesser expensive ones. Visiting teams would no. Do we do we pay for those tickets as an organization? I didn't know oh, how that bro, worked. Everybody paid for everything. Okay, no, I'm but talking they about allocate. The organization, so oh, they the they, team, they, yeah. they they actually give us good tickets as well. That they would to go give to player, you, yeah, the, the uh, owner the owner type okay. tickets were generally lower bowl right. inside the forty fives. They were great seats. They right. were like they were the ones that if like ownership was going to sit in seats, right. they going to give to somebody. They would be right, good right, seats, but okay. they had to be paid for. It's just that that was kind of the NFL rules. You had a block of tickets that you had to allocate, and then the team has to turn them back Did to you. Did any players get op- opportunities to those good seats? Not Marino, very often. nobody. Not very okay. often. Okay. Not very often. It would have to be I know spe- my would... family's always in the nosebleeds. Yeah. I, I sat I, with I, them I'm one asking, time. I'm and you asking know. if that's yeah. why I'm asking. No. I sat with them one no. time. That's very, it. <laughs> on very, it would have to be really, It would above my pay grade, it would have to be someone say, hey, yeah, Danny, just taking care of this guy. So above the $18,000 pay grade, someone had to make that decision? Yeah. There were a lot of motherfuckers that were above Without taxes. I might have been making 25. There were no state taxes, though. So This is like year four or five, so I might have been like making 25 at this point. Right. So okay. Rolling. Move it yeah, up. Move it on up. So uh, I had gotten a you know a lecture from from Brian saying, "Hey, look, whatever it takes, you know, you got to walk in with these twenty five owner type tickets, and I don't remember the exact number of player type tickets." Right. So I got this in my head. I get a phone call from Dave. Brian's Evans. a serious dude. I mean, like if he told you that, yeah, yeah. So I get a phone call from from David Evans. I guess he'd been traveling with. Um, Mr. Heisinger, H. Wayne. And, you know, the owner of the team. Yeah, the owner the man. of the team. Yeah. Nobody above his pay grade. And one of the nicest the guys you'll ever meet. Yeah. And says, hey, I'm here with Mr. H. You know, he wants a couple tickets. You know, I don't remember the specifics, but he wants tickets for this upcoming game. You know, what can you do? It's, it's all right if you can't do it, but, you know, I just want to make sure. Wait a minute. Yeah. What, what, do, you, what do you mean? I kind of felt like you it's set me up right a little bit. You can't do yes, it. It's, yeah. you, what do you mean? It's all right yeah. if you can't. You've got to do it. Yeah. No matter I, exactly. what. Exactly. No matter what. what I should have, what I should have said was, <laughs> but what I said was, yeah, man, I, I like with this thing in my head, I was like, yeah, I, I don't think I can do it, man. For the owner of the, the fucking team. For the owner of the team. Preach. Yeah. Yeah. You, you say you, you don't think you can do it? Bad choice. Yeah. You should have like said, I'm going to donate everything <laughs> organ wise. <laughs> You can't blame that on Delaware, Drew. So I'm no, sorry. That's not, I, no, that's, I, as a person yeah. who was born in Delaware as well, even though I didn't grow up there, I refuse to allow you to blame that on Delaware. No matter what. He told Wayne Isinga no. It was a bad choice. It was a bad choice. <laughs> 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 and uh and so but no, hung up. No, no, okay, go ahead. Don't 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 minimalize that as a bad choice. A, it was a really a bad choice. Horrible, terrible. Yeah. That's not that, that I agree. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I acknowledge yeah. that. Just don't say bad. Hindsight. Bad is not. Horrible. Yeah. Right, here we go. We'll go there. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of like when your wife says, you don't have to give me a gift maybe, for my birthday. Maybe, you don't take her up on the that. The setup. Maybe. That's the setup. <laughs> maybe 
I think Dave Evans want to travel back. Maybe 74 seconds rolled by and get a phone call in my office from Brian Weedmeyer. He says, Sean, can you come over to my office, please? <laughs> Matt, he don't even talk about it. He wants you to come in person. Hey, yeah. And, and I don't want to tell the story, but there was no watch waiting for him when he got to Weedmeyer's <laughs> office. I can there tell you that no. much. <laughs> yeah, so I, you know, hung up and head over that way, tail between my legs. You knew it was coming? I I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. When you made that, when you... When you made that decision and, and your final words to that, did you like fuck? I should call him back. I, I, I got, I fucked up. I don't even know. Right. I don't even know. Okay. Well, you, you realize when you went to Brian's I got, office, I got the phone call from yeah. Brian, and he was like, yeah, you realize, he now even, you know." He didn't even say anything to me. He just had two fingers, and he was pounding the shit out of his <laughs> temple. Sandra. His temple, not yours. His temple. Okay, okay. What were you just fucking thinking? Pa- what the fuck is going through <laughs> your mind? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a setup right there, man. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's okay if you <laughs> they, can't do it. And they got you though. They got, got you, me, priest. Got, got you, me, priest. We got tickets for him though. Sure. <laughs> I gotta <laughs> believe he found tickets. Well, I had tickets. I just didn't, you know, because of that speech I had. Wait a minute. But what I'm saying <laughs> you is, had like he I probably could have called the owner of the other team. Like, like Wayne was no, gonna find some tickets, man. But I had the tickets because I had that. You know, lecture from Brian. Oh, so you turned before. the tickets back over after you left so, the Weedmeyer's office. So you office. walk into the city with X number of tickets. You fly in. <laughs> we got and you, And you man. have those tickets. <laughs> and then um, what I would have to do when I arrived at the city, first thing I did, I would go straight to the ticket office. I would do, I would turn in whatever we had and we would do a settlement. I had to sign off on how many tickets we had, how many I returned. And, you know, it's financial transaction. Right. And, um yeah, so my I had is, the, I physically had the tickets. My, my thing is this though: owners get their own suite every right. road game. So why? Didn't, why he didn't probably Wayne... wanted to take care of somebody he didn't yeah, want to have to sit with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not right. You I mean, that's the suite. reality. Like, right, right, right. Yeah, like, I don't. It, it, like, there's a very good chance that he had friends in New York that were Jets fans. Got you. He would they not want, want in them suite, in the owner's in box. owner's suite. Yeah, yeah. could have been. Any I don't of those know if it was New York or not. New York would be one of the tougher ones. Right. They, the league minimum is, I think, 500 player type and that's tickets. a great question, though. Yeah. What are some of the tougher places for you to accommodate people? I mean, New York, like, Jets always. Jets, Giants, Green Bay. Right. And Those Green Bay is one ones. you wouldn't even think about because yeah. you can't, there, there are no seats in Green Bay. And Green Bay wouldn't take back extra tickets. Like, if you leave them on game day, you're like, you're on your own. <laughs> So I'd be out in the parking lot selling tickets. You guys see? Yeah. It's another like uh, yeah, that's another crazy. job right there. So you so were scalping tickets. I wasn't scalping. I was selling at face value. <laughs> so those fuckers were probably like, oh, my God, this is the fucking deal but of the see, century. See, now you can do it at you can do it now at yeah. market value now. Right. Without getting in trouble. It's yeah. wild. You can do market value because like yeah. the Dolphins do flex tickets now. They do flex ticketing now. Well, whereas every team. It's smart to do it. The bigger the team, yeah, the bigger the, the ticket. Exactly price. right. Yeah. Without getting college has been doing it for years. But did you have to now bring that up. money? But that money had to go back to the team because you had to make up. Yeah. It was an so investment. anybody, anybody who bought tickets for cash, checks, you weren't subsidizing anything. the twenty two thousand payroll deductions. Yo, wait yeah. a minute. Though, if you're in the parking lot, though, the cash deals, though, man, you gotta come on, man. It was. I mean, I got it. You got it. So like, if you sold them for a hundred dollars, you didn't turn in seventy five. Bro, at that point, I'm just trying to be off the schneid so I don't Damn have to cover right. it my own. Damn right. Yo, so I stuff. would go out there, and, and I think the Green Bay folks were, were keen to us. Like, Look for the dude with the suit. Right. Yeah. You know? So I'd go out there, and I had done my settlement. And they're like, no, we can't take those back. I'm like, 
All right, so I'll go out here and sell them. And, you know, they're publicly owned, freaking season tickets holders forever, you know, so I felt confident that I could sell them. I find, like, I try to find, like, someone who's, like, straight up family, just trying to hook up a family so they can get tickets instead of, like, someone who's, you know, I, I need three, you know, some someone that looks like a, a family trying right. to take care of them. Right. So I find a guy with his daughter, and he's there, and I talk to him, and I say, hey, man, you're looking for tickets. He's like, yeah. He's like, all right, I got some. Dude drops his backpack, pulls out a freaking walkie-talkie, <laughs> and starts calling out, all right, I got some. I was like, <laughs> what? Wait, you for scalping? What's that? He they was an undercover? Me. No, they was like bringing the people in. Oh, they were fucking calling in. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, I, wasn't I, thought, I, thought it was a, I thought it was a sting. No, it wasn't So what you're saying thing. is that they were on the hunt. It was a pro. Well, and you were doing face value anyway, so, yeah. so there's no... I mean, no, the you fact can, you can, that they could get face value tickets, they were probably made... Freaking okay. three hundred bucks of right. ducket on those, right, right, right. you know. So that it's was dope. like. That so was he like, got you with the daughter. You thought yeah. he, the sob story. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. And but, somehow he survived it all, Juice. Yeah, Even after telling the owner of the team, I can't give still, you tickets. He's, he's still, Sorry, Wayne. Anytime now. Just make sure you spell Todd T O D D when you sign my <laughs> check. But no, I can't get you tickets. Yeah, hey, you know what? Man, and he survived oh, the whole Jimmy he, era. He did. He did a great job. You're listening to the Five Reason Sports Network. We've created a menu of intelligent and entertaining content on demand for commutes, workouts, and more. And by now, you're already familiar with the 15 different podcasts in our network. Today, we are proud to announce the premiere of our brand new website, 5 On it, you'll find columns from more than a dozen of our hosts, many who are professional writers in the market. Watch original videos from shows like Miami Heat Beat and Balls Cast. Browse our full merchandise shop. And unlike other outlets in the area, there's no paywall. Everything is absolutely free. All of this from a network that's credentialed from all five major sports teams in South Florida. Oh yeah, did we mention that it's free? We're by Miami for Miami. We're sports on your schedule. We're Miami Sports On Demand. We're the 5 Reason Sports Network. Go to 5ReasonSports.com today. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. But first, we've had a lot of inquiries about how you can contribute to the 5 Reason Sports Network other than just giving us money, which we'll certainly take, or being a podcaster, and I have too many bad ones already. So here's <laughs> an idea if you want to get involved with us, and it goes beyond our new website, 5 We are looking for sales representatives. Why? Because we have a lot to sell. We sell ads on our podcasts. We sell ads on social media. We also are selling sponsorships and banner ads on our website. So we've got a ton of inventory to sell. We are credentialed with all five teams down here. We're fully established, and we just want somebody who can go out into the community and sell that product, sell Miami sports by Miami for Miami to the South Florida community. So if you want to get involved, here's two ways that you can contact us. One is by going to Skolnick at 5 and the other way is going to Jorge, J-O-R-G-E, at five reasons reach out one of those two ways and we will get back in touch with you and tell you how you can help and how you can make money and then but he ran into the wanted era he did run into that oh he did he did and you know what the, the crazy thing is too is that 
you know, we had situations where we lost, we watched a lot of movies, Preach. We did. We watched some, I think, I remember the Michael Jordan story. We went down to IMAX, I think, or something. And then also, I remember the, remember the Titans story. I remember the Titans. Yeah. You remember the Titans? the Titans. <laughs> you remember the story with Wanstead and, and remember the Titans? Yeah, I do remember. <laughs> Freaking first time we've ever done that. You know, we never did it. It's like, again, a business trip. Always go for home hotel. You know, mm-hmm. check in. So this is a home game. This is a home game. Well, at this point, we're staying down Shula's in Miami Gardens. And, you know, we were at the ho- at the at the steakhouse property. Yep. And, uh, you know, we, we would always go down there. Just, again, still business trip. We do our walkthrough home at the facility. And then guys go do their own thing. Then they have to be back at the hotel by pregame meal. Correct. Well, he decides with this, remember the Titans movie coming out, that he was going to treat the team to a movie. So we go out, we go do our, uh, I don't remember the year, I don't remember the, the circumstances, but um, he decides he wants to take the team to a movie. <laughs> so I reach out, I get in touch with the, the movie theater down in Miami Gardens, and uh, or Miami Lakes, sorry, Miami Lakes, and we basically buy out the movie theater. Was this when Tony's Boy was running in the theater? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Tony's boy. Yeah. So it was two. Remember, the Titans came out in two thousand. So it was Dave's first year as head coach, right? Because ninety nine, he was the assistant. I think it was the only year I was there with him as the head coach. Right. (laughs) (laughs) This guy. Um, And uh, so he's like, he calls me into his office. He's very hands on. Much much different than Jimmy. Jimmy's like. He's going to tell me what to do and, and how he wants it done. He's going to trust me to get it done. Uh, Dan- Dave was a little different, you know, a little, little more of a, a hands-on, uh, micro-managing kind of a guy. <laughs> and um, He danced around that, Juice. <laughs> yeah. So he called me in and said, look, I want to be able to have the guys walk in, sit down, and watch the movie. I don't want any previews. I don't want anything like that. I just want to sit down and I want the opening credits. I want to roll into the movie. Makes sense. I mean, that's in line with with what you said, kind of the whole deal is, right? With Juice, what what he was saying, where you just, you know, for them, they just kind of cruise through. They focus on football or whatever the experience is and and, and there's no idle time. Right. So I, I, I reach out to the movie theater. We buy out the movie theater. We set it up so guys can get popcorn and soda and all that stuff. And, and I explain to them very explicitly. That we want to sit down and we want to push play and we want to watch the movie. No previews, no nothing. And they were like, yeah, we got it. We got I want it. press got play it. and see Denzel yeah. Washington. Exactly. <laughs> so we get in there. Everything's going great. Pre-game or the arrival dinner, we go, we get that out. We jump, the, put the guys on buses, we drop them off. They walk into the back door, straight into the theater, sit down and push play. Wouldn't you freaking know? <laughs> Freaking Western Pepsi commercial. The girl with the freaking oh Curly Sue, the little girl. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Curly. That's like a nineteen-minute freaking short film. It was fucking forever, dude. <laughs> I bet it was really forever for oh you. Oh my god! So I'm sitting there, like, not even know what to do because she I've kicks done... the doors open, man, and oh. <laughs> the tumbleweed comes in. <laughs> so this commercial's playing. We're probably like 15, 20 seconds into it, and I look over and Wanstead, Wanstead's looking at me. And he just fucking gives me this, like, were you going to do anything about it? <laughs> and I run up there, and, you know, by the time, you know, I get, and it's like a minute-long commercial. It's pretty long. 
Yeah. And uh I mean, you epic. know, by the time it, it just rolled into the movie, but by then the, the damage was done. <laughs> so then what happened? So so after Curly Sue, then it, who by the way ended up winning the voice. I don't know. Did you did you vote for her when she won the I voice? I didn't even know she was in the run. She ended up a couple years ago. She she won the voice. Damn, I didn't know it. Yeah, man, you gotta look her up. She's I a hell won. of a singer. But uh <laughs> she made a great comeback just like you have. I think she dealt with a lot of issues in her life. But so he chews your ass out. You're scrambling around trying to fix it, and and then the film starts, and then what happens there? Do you have? Does he call you out? Is he chewing your ass at that point, or like do you just have to sit there and in in misery for the next? Yeah, two hours? I was fucking miserable for the rest of the movie. <laughs> so, but you know, it, like the damage was done at that point. He'd already been ripping me from you know in front of the team and everything right there, and you know in front of everybody. That's the worst, man. Yeah, that's and, the worst. Um, you know, Not, I, nothing like pu- a little public humiliation you know, to humble you. It was just when I realized that, you know, regardless of how much prep and everything you do, there's always going to be that one thing, like the Harvey Green story where the fucking stairs don't work. Yeah, right. You know, it's like you, you can, what can you, you know, do just about add it to your checklist, right. man. It's all you got. It's right. all you can do. You know, it's it's just one of those things that. But was there fallout afterwards, or it was just like that? That was. I, I don't know that there was anything specific to that. Were guys fallout? giving you a hard time because guys, you know, they're, they're no, they're really I, consoling I they in those it. moments. I think they saw it in the moment. They <laughs> probably fucking realized that it wasn't completely my fault. And I, I don't recall. And I didn't have the relationship with a lot of the guys like you did. My 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 interaction with the players at that point was essentially, you know, if they needed um, an extra room or they needed tickets on the road, I would go around i don't remember what day it was probably tuesday or wednesday right and figure out if you guys needed tickets all those were payroll deducted right you know you guys paid for them all yeah but when they just see a guy get his ass handed to him (laughs) you know but again but like like if you if that had happened to you oh man like you had a relationship different like juice was always the consummate professional super nice guy even gave me a freaking oj hat you know 81 hat you got the 81 hat too no i'm kidding yeah and And jimmy carwell's got one too jimmy and jimmy um you know it was you know it's like i didn't have the i didn't have i wasn't hanging out at the ball up yeah like you were you'd have game priest no i didn't i definitely i didn't have game in a lot of arenas at that point so uh it's just you know so they just kind of saw they were like damn i'm glad it's not me and yeah it was a little more of a professional relationship that i had with the players and and personal got it well needless to say juice that that Coach Wanstead and, and Sean, you know, things didn't necessarily get better right. at that point. And uh, and Sean, I don't know if it's just where he was at in life or um, he saw the writing on the wall, but he started to get a little more vocal. And there'd be times where we would be standing outside of a team meal because as much as we did get to participate yeah. in those meals. Well, actually, I think it changed with Dave. We could still go in if there was any food left after all the guys had cleared there out. There was so but, much food, though. But had Dave didn't want us in. But it was different, really? though. With, yeah, with Jimmy, you you just sit down. As long as you didn't cause a problem, you'd sit down at the right tables, and you could eat. You were part of the team. Everybody was a part of the team. Right. With Dave, it was players and coaches only, and then you could maybe sneak in after Dave grab had left chicken, and grab pasta, a little scraps. And yeah. As the guy from the banquets is right, right, hey, right, hey, let me get a scoop get of that, that bacon. That. Yeah. yeah. So You um, might not get any chicken, but you might get the breading. You yeah, might get yeah, the right. bottom of the fucking pan. Yeah. Right. And you just didn't want anybody, Dave, to see that you were in there. As nice as of a guy as he was, that was just kind of his way of doing it. But Sean and, and myself and Rhett Tacconi, we'd stand outside and we'd talk and whatever. And he started getting a little more vocal about his frustrations. And, and so one day in, in the facility, 
I walked into the staff locker room. So the way it was set up uh, upstairs, you probably never went up in that that area yeah, there. You know, guys, you don't want to go upstairs, right? because they think you're up there being a rat. Mm. Can't go upstairs. Anybody going upstairs? Everybody look at you sideways and you come back Company downstairs. Man. Damn yeah. right. So, <laughs> no, you don't want to go up those stairs. Right. So, but the way it was set up there and, and the office, it was almost like two sides of the building. And the staff locker room was split into two. The, the bathrooms were in the middle, the sinks and so on. And then there were lockers for staff. You know, I actually had a, a locker. I think Sean and I might have even shared a locker at that time. And then on the other side of the sinks and everything, <laughs> yeah, there was a lot. Of the, <laughs> you guys shared lockers? We probably shared a locker. Jock straps? I, I wasn't. <laughs> no. no, we weren't sharing jock straps. And no, I no, wasn't no. sharing a locker. Would with you, jock, <laughs> did you, put the, did you put your jock strap in the locker? <laughs> nah, but, you know, I mean, like, if we would go to work out or if you'd change between practices or whatever it might be, fucking <laughs> jock straps. So then, but then on the other <laughs> <laughs> and on the other side of the, the sinks and so on, there were the coaches' lockers. And so coaches, assistant coaches were always in there. Head coach didn't, you know, he had his own deal. But the Dave would be in there every now and then. And, and But there were always coaches in and out of there. So I walk in, and Sean's sitting there, and he's pissed off. I'm like, hey, what's going on, man? He's like, ah, fucking this guy. And I'm like, well, which guy? And he goes, fucking Dave. You know, I just wish he would just stick to coaching. So he's like, he's bitching about what Dave was because he was always had his hands in things. I wish he would just stick to coaching. And I look at him, and I'm like, what the? fuck are you doing like like well, who could be on the other yeah, side yeah, right. so i literally turn around i walk back out i walk back in and and like loudly close the door and i'm like oh hey what's up sean when did you you know and like act like i had never been there before because i didn't want to be fucking associated <laughs> with, with him doing this stick to coaching thing man you remember that i yeah i remember <laughs> i remember so just to give you some background on that so like in the morning he came up with this and i don't know Dude. where i don't know where it came from but he had charged me my job with the process right. of I, I was in charge of finding like each week I would have to identify photographs from from the the archives or from Dave Cross or whoever's shooting, and I'd have to get them blown up, get them framed, and you know if there was someone who was a game of the week or if some you know with the she just check with me. Every photo came through my my yeah. desk, and I'm sure there was some involvement there, and that's probably why I was venting yeah. with you. But so he ta- <laughs> he talks to, to me in the morning uh, about this, and by like eleven thirty in the afternoon, you know what I mean? He's like, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking A. So he calls me at 11.30. He's like, hey, Sean, we got anything on the photos? I'm like, yeah, I'm working on it. We, You know, we reached out. We got, I can't remember, there was a five-minute uh, five photo spot around the corner or something. And you had, you had to, right. you had to I- identify the uh, the photographs. You had to figure out who, you have who, to took, figure out who, who, who we need photos of, right. pictures of. We have to get matting. We got to get framing, all that stuff. Like, Two hours later, he's calling me up to see, you know, what the progress was. <laughs> he wanted his pictures, man. Instead, he's worried about the X and O's. And man, I was like, breakfast and workouts. As a side note, I had a real, I, I, I had my spirit broken by Dave and photos. And that's a whole other story for a whole other show. But the point of this is, this dude in a coach's locker room said the head coach needs to stick to coaching. My right. ass was yeah. not going to be associated with that right. you, in you, any you, capacity. You made a re-entry. You re-entered. Yeah. So this was 2000. Yeah. Now, I left, it, I left it at 04 when JT <laughs> hired me away on great terms. 
What year did you leave? I left after the 2000 season. <laughs> that's, a, that's a comment. <laughs> and Dave stuck to coaching for four more years. Hey, how did he do with that? <laughs> Better than any other anybody else has done in quite a few years. He actually, I think, won the last, you know, and to his credit, the last time this team won a playoff game, he was on the what? sidelines. What? Yeah. I stick to my fucking thoughts, though. <laughs> Damn right. Hell yeah. Damn right. I got mixed yeah. feelings with Coach because I I, I feel like. No. We, I thought bro, they, they, he and Jan, a great guy. his yeah. kids, every, they're all fucking super Amazing nice. human being. And I feel the same way about Ron Turner, who I work with at FIU for fucking a cup of coffee. But he was like super nice people in the world. But fuck, you mix football into the equation. And it's like, right. damn, dude. Well, well stick coach to football. And, and I get that. And I, like, period. should the head coach be worrying about fucking pictures on a fucking wall? Yeah, well, that part I can co-sign because I had my own experience. Right. It was rough. Yeah. It was a rough one. So <laughs> having said all that, I mean, that really was start to finish the DJ Priest, Sean Todd era. That it. was pre-Priest, though. Priest was not even a, a glimmer in your eye at that point. Uh, no. But uh, I had a lot of fun Priest working with this guy. Looked out for me a man. lot, man, for sure. And, yeah. and, and was definitely one of my road dogs. And, and it wasn't even about running and gunning and getting in any trouble. It was just as a young guy, you have to have the guys there that you feel like you're, you're in the same position with. And truly, we were. Me, Sean, and, and, and Jimmy Carwash, we were all on the same level. Yeah, what I'd like to say, too, before we, before we close out, Seth, man, you guys behind the scenes made our lives easier, bro. And we, we, that was our job. Some guys don't appreciate it. I definitely did. You, you were know always I mean? good because about it, man. I made sure that, show you guys how much you guys made my life easier. And, Seth, you know you kept people away from me. Preach, you know, whatever I needed. You, you guys, I man, tried. People don't understand that side of it, man. From the player's perspective, some guys, most guys do appreciate it. And you guys, man, you guys killed it for us, man. We, and we appreciate it. And I'll speak for those guys that weren't appreciative as well. Well, with that, what would yeah. you say? No, I appreciate I, you, right? Yeah, That's yeah, how DJ pre- that actually appreciate is the story you. behind Priest, right? He appreciates you. Yeah. But all kidding aside, man, it, it was and it was it was rough times when when you um, your departure <laughs> came about with yeah. the Dolphins. I know you took it hard, but then you had a long, long career at FAU football, and I tried to get him out of football for a long time yeah. and hire him yeah. away here, Juice, True. and True and finally story. we did. He's in, he's now and, and we kid and, and DJ Preach. He's also the vice president of operations right. for the Jason Taylor foundation and we simply could not do the work that we do because there's nobody better in the business he's busy he's and, busy and you guys keep him busy we keep him yep. very busy yep. and we have our moments and he tells me to stick to coaching every now and then he's as good as it gets in the business so preach we we love you man happy birthday it's been great to actually not to take you from behind the board hopefully you didn't fuck up the sound here and we got <laughs> and we captured all this um but it really has yeah. been a lot of fun thanks for diving in preach appreciate you You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth Living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Man, Ooh, this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one. one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, dive up in that fish tank, go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank, it's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank, rocking with OJ and Seth when we dive up in that fish tank. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Okay, this one for them diehards Celebrate big or cry hard 
Leave it all on the field, we gon' try hard Old school, a new school, mix it in Feeling like we up close when we listening Dolphins tales, in Miami is the deep end We vibing with our favorite players, no secret We get with Seth and McDuffie Bringing up stories we never heard to the public Bet we love it, Dolphins fans never budget We loyal to the team, whether happy or we upset We be like, what's next? Don't switch the subject You know it's all about them fans And if you ready for that water, time to dive in Don't switch the subject you know it's all about them fans And if you down with Dolphins Nation, time to dive in Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about them fans You looking at that fish tank, it's time to dive in Dive in that fish tank Go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank Rapping with OJ and Seth, time to dive up in that fish tank